Hey everyone, this is Josh from Solopreneur Grind for episode 93 of the Solopreneur Grind podcast. I am very happy to be joined by Rob Fortier from rob48.com. Rob, thanks very much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Josh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome, Rob. Looking forward to digging into your backstory, hearing a lot about especially what you're working on right now, which I think for a lot of solopreneurs will be really, really helpful. But for those of you who haven't heard about you or your background, can you just give us a quick introduction, uh, a little bit about uh, yourself? Sure. Um, so I am a content marketing coach. So, you know, there's so many people out there that specialize with social media and whatnot. I dabble in that. But what I really get into is the things that people need to do with in terms of writing and building an email list. Um, you know, uh, so many podcasts I listen to and so many um, other entrepreneurs I've talked to when they ask are asked, what's the most important thing you would do differently if you could go back in time? And so often I hear it's building an email list and building an audience. I feel like that's so crucial uh, because social media is amazing. It can do wonders for your business. But when things change, even right now, I've just watched some people, videos of people I follow and they're talking about the YouTube algorithm changing. So when you get those people on your email list, you can talk to them and nurture them and love them. Um, and they can be lifelong followers and advocates and customers. So I feel that that is such a crucial thing that a lot of people skip over because it's not shiny. It's not, mm. it's not, it's not reels on Instagram. It's not flashy. It's not a TikTok. but it can be such a vital thing especially if you're a solopreneur and you don't have time to do 17 million marketing tactics this would be one i always tell people that they really should focus on Absolutely. so that's what i do i help people with that and get contact on a consistent basis it, it's great you're preaching to the choir i posted about a week and a half ago on linkedin on how i think email lists are, are the most underrated kind of like tool or, or piece of, you know, everyone talks about the next great software or, or social media app. I still think email lists are so underrated for some of the reasons you mentioned and even more, right? Things like you, they can't ban your email list account, right? Like they can on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, whatever. But anyways, we're going to nerd out on yeah. email lists in just a second. Uh, <laughs> Rob, can you tell us a little bit more about, take us back to the beginning of your career. Like what did you do for school? What was your first job outside of school? Take us back. Oh, wow. So I actually went to school for theater uh, many years ago. So I was a performer. I did musical theater. I and uh, I'm not a dancer, but I did dancing for actors. So I was able to get by in musicals well enough. Um, and, you know, moving to New York, I grew up in a very small town in Western Massachusetts. And moving to New York was such a, I never thought I'd end up here, but it was an amazing dream come true and it's a wonderful city. But after being here for a couple of years, I just realized that the performing lifestyle just wasn't for me. I love performing, but I didn't love all the things that went into getting the gigs and having to leave town all the time. And it just got very frustrating to me. So I actually ended up getting out of the business for a little while and worked in uh, advertising for a little bit. I worked uh, for inputting TV commercials. Um, you put in the date, the time, the product, and the film code that they ran. And I did lots of data entry for years doing that. And after I got you know, an apartment, I got settled. I actually got back into theater doing uh, uh, box office work. So I got back into the industry I love, but just on the business side of it. And I had a blast doing that because I got access to shows at the theater I worked at. I could see other things. So I was able to nurture that, but I sort of missed the creative aspect of it. So while I was doing that, 
you know, as you do as solopreneurs, you need to find something else to do to keep your mind occupied. So I ended up starting a greeting card company. So I did mm -hmm. greeting cards, stationery, and then moved into invitations um, over the years. And that actually did fairly well. And uh, I had a sales rep at the time um, who's still a good friend. We co-authored two books together about the industry, about working with sales reps and doing trade shows. And that sort of led to speaking gigs and coaching other people that were coming to us saying, how did you do this? How did you build this business? Because what you've probably noticed this to the people you've talked to too, is that some people are good at something. They're good at making something or creating something or helping people, but where they fail is the, rest of the business or to just to get themselves out into the world so i started coaching people with that and realized i i'm loving this i'm having such a good time helping other people figure this out figuring out that it's not as hard as it needs to be um so i went back and got a coaching certificate and hung up my shingles and uh in the beginning i was working more with creatives uh more people who were doing arts or you know publishing or writing and those kinds of things and then it sort of moved into working with all kinds of solopreneurs and business people i still work with a lot of coaches i still um they are as a coach myself that they'll always be the closest ones to my heart but um i love working with all kinds of people who are have a great talent and now they need to tell the world about it and get it out there and make money so that they can do it you know full time or get closer to it so it makes them happy and they're fulfilling that thing that they want to do which is help other people Absolutely. And Rob, when did email lists kind of come in? Was that a crucial part of your first business that you started on the side? Or is that something that's kind of evolved lately? Yeah, no, it was crucial to the first business. I'm, I'm going to date myself here. Um, you know, back in the back when things like MailChimp were, you know, 100% free and all it did was send fancy, we used to all write e-zines. So that's kind of where it all started. And my business partner and I that I wrote books with, we were consulting and coaching. So we that was really before you know there was facebook and twitter and that was way before instagram and TikTok, and uh before instagram even did the fancy things it did now so social media was around but it wasn't as big a thing in fact we laugh about the final chapter in the in our book because it talks about social media like it's just kind of like oh and then there's social media like you should do some kind of thing whereas now that's an integral part of so many people's plans for marketing so but yes yeah, so we got into it heavy we used to do you know this whole elaborate thing with you know helpful articles and where we're going and so we used it heavily to promote because people they, they could get on board with that you know we were selling books so we would get them to buy a book and then we'd add them to the email list with their permission and then we would be in kind of we'd get two newsletters going from her and me and so we'd it was it was great and it really helped our business grow that we started being able to sell people from that list you know we were doing um again way back before zoom we were doing teleseminars so everything over the phone and we were doing them live with guests and they were also recording them oh. and selling them as downloadable packages but email made all of that possible for us um, and i'm just very grateful that i had somebody to work with that was also a good at writing and enjoyed the writing part of it. So that can be tough for some people. And I think that's why a lot of people shy away from email is that they, they, you know, you're not writing war and peace. You're writing a 300 word email. You can do it. Everybody can do it. There's a way yeah. to do it. So, and, um, and that's but yeah, I think it's always the, been integral for me. Like some of the beauty of it is, you know, you don't need production equipment like you do for YouTube, right? You don't have to write stories wow. like you might for a blog post, right? Like you said, it could be a 300 word email, et cetera, et cetera. Now, Rob, yeah. I, I, wanna, I wanna talk a little bit about 
what led up to you starting that business to begin with? Like, where did you get the idea from it? Where and why did you start it? And then if that's not a broad enough question as it is, at what point did you bring email into that? Was that day one? Was that, you know, you got some momentum first and then you worked it in? I'd love to hear about that. I, you know, it's so funny because the it, the business morphed from coaching, just doing strictly coaching creatives to wanting to do more on the marketing side because, you know, with the creative people, I kept seeing the, and then everybody else that came to Crowd Dad, I kept seeing the same problem over and over. They were like, I'm going to build this great program and everyone's going to buy it. And it's like, but if you don't have anybody to tell about it, then you know it's not you're not no one's gonna sign up for your three thousand dollar coaching program just because they saw you post something on instagram mm -hmm. so um so for me you know i had been doing a lot of social media for people i actually had a handful of clients that i was fully running their social media campaigns i was creating the content for them you know they were some of them were approving them some of it were just letting me do whatever i wanted which was a lot of fun um and I didn't, it wasn't satisfying for me because I enjoyed the putting the stuff together and writing and, you know, the content, but I wasn't getting them. They were happy having a presence, but they weren't getting results. And I kept seeing that the next step they needed to take was getting them onto their list to be subscribers because the thing about, you know, having an email list, people like, oh, I don't want to bother people and I don't want to be salesy all the time. You know, most of your emailing should really be content it should really be nurturing a relationship with the people that either are your customers or could become your customers mm -hmm. it's not about it's not about selling or what everybody thinks of as marketing it's about having a dialogue right you want to share valuable content you want to say hey does this resonate with you or can i help you further or do you want to talk more about this hit me back it's about that creating that engagement and social media does that you're always trying to get people to like your page and you know share this and whatnot but with email it takes it to a whole different level because you can actually talk to people so that was when i so i so when i sort of that sort of clicked for me is that's what people really needed help from and then i started putting things together like teaching people how to write emails from templates and those kinds of things I started getting more attention from other people I wanted to just do partnerships with or teach on their platform saying, hey, I got this thing. And they're like, oh my gosh, like people need that because I'm all about getting people on their list and then they don't know what to do with them afterwards except offer offer programs. And I'm like, no, that's not how this works. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I hope that answers the question. I feel like I went in a big long circle of that, but no, it is, it's all about relationships. Yeah. And, and, and it seems like there is a big misconception because so I'm totally on on your team here. I, I, I mean, through Solopreneur Grind, I've had a, an email list for years. Uh, quick shout out, if you guys want my Monday morning email, make sure to sign up. Um, I, we also with with my main, you know, my main business, uh, Vista, we, we do immigration technology, and we have a huge email list with different campaigns and, and kind of, I mean, I don't know how in depth you guys went or, or go, but you know, based on people doing certain things, we move them around into different kind of email funnels. And like you said, yeah. I mean, listen, if you want to start a bad email list, just start spamming people with sales. But really what are, what the email lists are, hey, we want to just give you more content that we think you're going to enjoy. And we might soft sell you at the end of a lot of the emails, but you're probably going to get more value from the first half anyways. And, you know, as mm -hmm. long as people do, they don't mind the little soft sell at the end. But Rob, I'd love to know, how did you learn about it to begin with, right? So for your first cards business, how did you uh, even decide to start that business? And then at what point did email marketing come into play there? 
Um, with the greeting card business, it came out of a frustration of not finding cards that I want to buy. Hmm. Um, you know, this was at the height of in New York City, there were so many more paper stores than there are now. And it was I, I was struggling, especially, um, you know, as an out gay man, I didn't want to send cards with um, explicit photography on it. Like that was that is this that didn't appeal to me as like a card I could send to a friend who I was, you know, dating or something. So it started out from that of i want to make cards that are for real people that or people can relate to that you could send to your mother um kind of thing mm -hmm. um because you're her son and not because you know it's got a guy in a bikini and it, you know thumbs up and it's funny um so that was where it came out of a frustration and it just sort of grew grew, grew from that i kept finding the little niches i had like cards for the whole adoption community um oh, wow. uh gotcha day and those kinds of things because that was a market that wasn't really being served in terms of availability for green cards you know you got all the big players who they go for the juggler they go for the widest net they can cast so i was focusing on those those smaller things but you know email came into a big play um when i started doing trade shows you know, here in New York, Javits Center, the, they have the big national stationery show once a year. And, you know, I would see other exhibitors who, if the people would come by and, like, look at their products and they would hand them a business card. And I would watch people take the business cards and throw them in the trash because they didn't get a sale. So they figured it wasn't worth it. Um, and then from my own trial and error and from talking to other people I became friends with, that so many of the sales came after the trade shows because of emails because they sent an email saying hey i really enjoyed meeting you it was great or we talked about so and so and thank you and hey i'm still running um, an offer if you'd like that i'll extend the show special to you so you can still place an order so that for me was like oh okay this is really this is really the gold of yeah i'm gonna sell orders at a trade show but it's the contacts that I make for developing relationships down the line where the really the value of this experience is going to come in. So, so it played a part very early on. And then it just, I kept, I'd never let it go. When I started doing coaching, it still became a part of the thing. Even if I had nothing to sell in the beginning, I was just, and I do a lot of that now. Most of my email newsletters are, I don't even call them newsletters. Most of my emails are just content, you know, and mm -hmm. say, Hey, I learned this thing this week. Like, have you experienced this and what do you think about the solution or i'm still struggling with this problem have any of you guys have an answer to this let's work together on this or you know here's yeah. like and i know you talk a lot about books you read and stuff here's a couple of books i've read recently that were really helpful you might find these helpful too so um so yeah i've always found it um helpful in terms of being a resource just from greeting cards into coaching into where i am now that's awesome and so many of the 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 guests that come on this show start companies to scratch their own itch, which seems like such a natural way to get into business. Can you talk, yeah. Rob, a little bit about, I mean, did you have any experience starting a business? And, you know, what would you <laughs> recommend to people like yourself? Maybe they have a nine to five, but they have that extra itch. Or, you know, maybe yeah. they have a problem that they think they can solve, but they've never took the first steps to start their own business. Any Any recommendations to them? Sure. I mean, I would say I... I I love the way you say that to scratch your own itch because that was basically you could boil my original business down to and no i had zero experience um i worked in retail and worked in the ad agency i had a handful you know my first job in new york was um, one of my first jobs was working at starbucks uh, so i worked there i worked the late i worked a really late shift to like two in the morning at the starbucks in times square for the first year i worked here Jeez. um 
So I, I know it's crazy. So Some I good stories about, there, about, I'm sure. Uh, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have enough time for all those, but it's a good, <laughs> good time. Um, so I would say for, you know, yes, you definitely have to have something you're interested in and doing. And my whole thing is if you want to start a business, find the problem that you can help people solve because sometimes you see people start businesses and it's a really great idea in their head right and then their friends and family will say oh yeah that's a really great idea or i might buy that um but what they haven't done is really found anybody who has the problem that whatever they do solves and sometimes people are like well i you know i'm i make candles what problem does that solve well it solves the problem of somebody might need a gift somebody wants to decorate right it's not you're not starving world peace but that's still an issue that they would make a purchase for so I, that's a drill down to is what is the problem you can help people solve every single business and that is at the core of what they no matter what else they say or what their marketing says the core of is that i am a blank that can help people blank by doing blank like those are that's kind of like the way it works and if you can nail that early on then the paths to you know where do what platforms do i want to be on or where are my people hanging out like what social what are they reading what are they doing what's let's paint a picture of them all those questions become easier to fill in because you know what you're looking for. It becomes like the sort of the beacon of, okay, I'm going to stay on track. Uh, you know, if I know that I am going to develop this thing that's going to help, you know, busy working moms do X, Y, Z, then I'm going to stay out of forums that probably, you know, target single men or, you know, or grandmothers or those kinds of things. So it helps you create this laser focus to really spend your time in the right place. Because when you're starting out and you have a nine to five job, time is the most valuable thing you have you know it's before work it's after work it's weekends it's it's on your lunch break it's where you can squeeze it in I mean, yes money could become an issue too but really time is the most valuable asset you have so you want to make sure you're using it in the smartest fashion absolutely yeah that's that's a great answer and rob can you tell me how how did that company grow into bringing on the partner getting into books like how, how did that play out um, it was kind of one of those things like we were having lunch as a, um, and it was like, hey, we should write a book. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. And <laughs> somebody whipped out a piece of paper and a napkin and we started writing. Um, and then we put the book out. We did like a little book launch at the stationary show. And, and then it just it naturally sort of flowed from there. We realized that we were really good at working together. Um, we used to say we worked 24 hours a day because she was up the 5 a.m. in the morning. She naturally got up that early and she was done by like four. And I sort of kicked into gear at like seven o'clock at night. We worked till two in the morning. So we'd pass projects back and forth to get them done. Um, and, but we realized that there were, uh, you know, she was a sales rep and I was sort of more on the creative side. So we realized that between the two of us, we could fill in a lot of gaps that people were having were, on on all aspects of a business like if you were starting a creative business i could answer a lot of the creative questions um you know about what to do and she can answer sort of more of the sales questions so we it was kind of one of those instant things like we had already become friends and it just went another step forward and be like okay this would work together as a partnership <laughs> very cool do and it lasted until she got out of the business uh, many years so it was a great ride yeah do you recommend looking for a partner to others? What was it like? Because it sounded great in, in that situation, like you said, kind of filling in the gaps, uh, different yeah. strengths and weaknesses. But I, I could also imagine, you know, if you don't find the right person, how things could obviously not go so well. What would you recommend to the solopreneurs out there? 
I think, in my opinion, it has to come naturally. Um, it's not something you can force because, especially as a solopreneur, and if you're just getting started, your vision for a business is going to change. Like the one I had with my friend was pretty, yes, it did evolve, but we knew what we were centered around from the beginning. And sometimes when you're a solopreneur, you start out with this great idea in the beginning, and then you start testing it out and whatnot, and you realize, okay, now I want to tweak it a little bit. So if you bring in somebody too early, you know, that could be harder for you to sort of pivot. I mean, that's that's another beauty about being a solopreneur is you get mm -hmm. to pivot whenever you want to. You're like, oh, I'm going to tweak this way or tweak that way because um, you're refining your idea. So I think for a lot of people, it doesn't when you you're going to know when you need help uh, and whether that comes in the form of hiring someone to work with you or a partner, like you realize there's too many things that you don't know or have time for if your business is growing very fast, then I would consider it. But in the very beginning, unless you unless you start with the idea with somebody like we started with our idea together, um, it, 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 everyone's not cut out for this solopreneur life. Like I have a good friend who she and her business partner, they make planners and they broke up as business partners like two years into the business because one of them was very driven to make this a success and the other one was like thought it was fun to do and help out but she got to the point where she's like i'm not really dedicated to this so and that was a, that you know she realized i'm gonna be better off on my own and the other partner amicably said okay you you take the business i'll give it over to you and you know call me if you need help on a weekend but other than that i'm out so right. I, I think it has to come organically and i think you kind of have to you have to make sure you're really solid and you're where you're going with it yeah be, being aligned on so many different levels as you said kind of like on what you actually want to do with the business and then even how you want to tackle it right is this you know are we going to be grinding and, and trying to make you know make a you know make this a million dollar business or you know we just want to have some fun you know make some grocery money etc cetera, etc cetera. super important so rob what right. ultimately happened to that business and, and like what what brought you to transition into what you're kind of doing now or, or more focused on now um my business partner i think i mentioned she was a sales rep in the industry and she had decided after 15 years that she wanted to do something different so that sort of meant as she says breaking up the band um with the <laughs> two of us she just didn't want to be connected to that if she wasn't going to be selling products so um i sort of continued to carry on some of our projects for the year that she left but it was really you know it was all amicable she, I, I totally got why she wanted to get out of it but to me that was then the chance to like okay i need to take this in my my own direction now i had a really good time with that and by then i had stopped i had you know i had shut down my greeting card business myself because i gotten too busy with everything else um and so i i let that go as well and so and then i realized with my friend departing that it was time just for a reboot like okay what's my next avenue going to be um with this and that sort of morphed into more of the you know business and marketing side of this um which were some of the aspects that she would have taken on but over the years of working together i had you know studied on my own but also learned so much from her i was ready to take it on in a new direction and you know the greeting card industry also is I don't want to say it's a dinosaur, but it's it's not on the forefront of industries that are um, blowing up in the world. You know, the stationary show has gotten smaller over the years and joined up as part of another gift show. And the gigs I had teaching for them have all sort of dried up and whatnot. So it, it's uh, I wanted to do something that was a little more um, long lasting, shall we say. <laughs> mm, absolutely. No, it, it sounds like the right decision. And I, I do want to spend the last section talking 
just going deep on email lists, but really quickly, yeah. a lot of uh, solopreneurs or people who are looking to be solopreneurs and, and a lot of guests on my show are kind of in the coaching consulting industry. It's obviously a big one. What are some recommendations you can give to coaches and consultants? Maybe they're starting right now. Maybe, you know, maybe they're still kind of struggling on their own or they're looking to get into mm -hmm. it. It is, I would imagine, you know, I guess, depending on your niche, super competitive. What would you recommend to people who might be wanting to get into it or are struggling to kind of get theirs off the ground? Um, I would say the first take a look at um, what it is you want to help people do. You know, I talked about this with you sort of finding guiding light, but I feel like with coaches, a lot of times they are capable of doing so many wonderful things and they are capable of working with so many different types of people. So I would say if you're starting out in the industry, who do you really like to work with, right? Who are those people that you really enjoy hanging out with? Um, you know, if you can, if you have them all over, all over for a party or hang out at a bar, you know, who would you want those people to be? What do they do for a living? Who do you want to help? And what kind of problems do they have that you can help them with, right? And even so, you know, you always talk about, um, you know, niching or niching, however you want to say it down, you know, your ideas, but I, that is so crucial. But at the beginning, you don't know. Sometimes you don't, you have this idea about, oh, I want to help you know these people but then you start working with them and you realize well they're kind of a pain so maybe that's not really my people so i would also say in the beginning give yourself permission to play while you're so while you're still forming this you know go out to the world network go to you know right now obviously because of covid that's a harder thing to do but there are lots of great groups even like chambers of commerce um and cities across the country they're doing virtual network events so you get the opportunity to meet people and talk to them and get yourself out of your head of like this is who i think i want to help but i'm not really sure so talk to people throw your ideas out to them and say hey you know what you're a an accountant, I want to coach accountants to, you know, you know, run better businesses because they're great at accounting, but they, you know, suck at people skills. And so I can help people with that. Um, and you may get a lot of resistance. You may talk to 100 accountants who they don't want that. So maybe that doesn't really help your idea. So maybe you, you pivot a little bit. So what's the next idea? So I would say, you know, focus it down on who you want to help and hang out with. And also give yourself a chance to play a little bit with that, you know, experiment. But so much of it comes from what I've learned about targeting this stuff down is from meeting people. You know, when you when you go to a room and you stand up and you have to make a 30 second pitch and the whole room looks at you when you stand and go with this face that's like, I don't really quite know what he just said. Okay, you bombed that one, but you tried something <laughs> out. So the people who, but when you start seeing people who get up and in 30 seconds, they can tell you exactly what they do, who they help and who they're looking to meet you know, then you can learn from seeing those things and then taking it on and absorbing it and practicing it yourself. Because when you can get that down, you can get it down to a couple of sentences. Um, that's kind of magical for people because then they know who you work with, who to send to you. And also how to, you know, in the beginning, I used to get all kinds of referrals from things that were just, you know, you know, wackadoodle, like, oh, this person's looking for a digital marketing expert to do their Facebook ads. I'm like, I have never, ever, ever mentioned that at a networking event that that is something that I do, but people weren't clear about what I did. So they just put their own meaning into it. So mm -hmm. if you don't tell people what you do, they'll make it up and they'll guess because they want to help you, but they're not going to get it right. So make sure you can tell them what you do <laughs> and who you help. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's super important. 
So Rob, I want to do a deep dive on, on email lists in general. I mean, we talked about it before, you know, I think super underrated. I, I think you, you would agree. If somebody has a business, they're running a successful business, they, they've never used email lists before, you know, what do you tell them just kind of like as an introduction to the tool? I don't know. I don't even know what to call it, a tool, uh, something, uh, you know, I, I don't even really know how to describe it. But how do you kind of introduce people to it as a, you know, as a tool for their business? Um slowly usually because sometimes it takes convincing um because they they go to the place of oh well i'm a terrible writer or nobody wants to hear what i have to say or i don't have time for this those are a lot of the excuses i get um and i also will have to take a look at you know okay so your business is running great right now but where are where's your pipeline like where are people coming into your business how are they hearing about you like that can start on social media and social media is a great component of content marketing but i sort of look at that as like is the dance around your business like oh they they gave you a heart on this and they commented on that and they watched this thing they're dancing around your business they kind of are interested um but you need to take them on the next step of bringing them into your loving arms of being on your email list and so you can talk to them because as we all know these platforms change and you could have i hear this all the time from people you know i was getting 100 twitter likes on this and now i'm getting five because facebook changed everything it's like okay mm -hmm. but if they're on your email list you can talk to them forever so i like to present it as your you're securing your future business by building an email list now. You may not need those people at this moment. You may have more business than you can handle. Then that's great. That is a, that's a great place to be in. But what happens when those people start, you know, they they're no longer need you or they find something else because they're not, they bought this thing and they loved it, but they're not going to come back and buy something else because you're not talking to them. You're not staying top of mind. So that's another great thing that email lists do is keep you top of mind. Um, so when people are ready to make that decision, because I saw this a lot in the greeting card industry, people are like, oh, well, they like my stuff. So they'll just come back and buy it whenever they, um, whenever they need it. And it's like, well, yes, that's true with like toilet paper. Yes, people will go to the store and buy because they need it. But it's not true with like your greeting card thing because they probably found something else they liked or somebody else was showing up and they said, oh, let's try this. So mm -hmm. it, that's another, it's insurance and it's staying top of mind. So, uh, because it, you know, those social media can, again, it can slip quickly. It's great. But I feel like email is like the insurance. It's like the one, two thing. And it also you get a better chance to lead people on, you know, in the in industry marketing speak, it's called the customer um, journey, right? You get them, you they make them aware of that you exist and then you get them onto their email list. Well, when you have them on their email list, then you can say, Hey, here's what, here's what I'd like you to do next. How about we, how about we expand this relationship and get a little closer, right? Like maybe, you know, we'll do some things together. We'll tango. Um, and then maybe you'll want to buy this like $5 product from me. That's great. Like, so you're, you're, with email, you can do a much better job of showing them, to, you know, follow the path of like staying on your business and like maybe they go from the $5 thing to buying a class or then it, it, it's a program or and then they become you're still talking to them and they become advocates for your business, right? Then they're out there promoting them with other forms and then that's harder to do. It's harder to um, have the opportunity to really 
you know your people are connected it's just a whim of when they happen to see it you know that's why so many people um made the switch in the last few years from just having a facebook business page to starting a facebook group because with the facebook group they're more likely to get alerts and see content but then they still have to be on facebook to see it and if they only check in you know once a week they still can miss your content no matter how good it is or you know how mm -hmm. often you're posting in there um so yeah i think i think it's business insurance of sorts of having been an email list so that's how yeah. i introduce it to people um yeah yeah i mean there's also i find something even extra personal about being in the inbox right i mean it's one thing to show up on someone's news feed but the way i mm -hmm. kind of think about it is if you're showing up in their inbox along with their family, their colleagues, et cetera, et cetera. It, it almost kind of like li lifts your, you and your business in their perception a little bit, uh, at least kind of what I've found. So Rob, let's take it kind of step by step here. If I want to start an email list, what mm -hmm. do you recommend in terms of, what, what do you like to recommend giving away to kind of, you know, entice people to give them your email? I checked out your website, so I kind of, you know, I know what you're offering right now, which is very kind of similar to what I do and, and I think what a lot of people in, in our space do. Um, but mm -hmm. what do you, how do you guide companies or people to uh, creating an, an effective kind of landing page or a giveaway in exchange for that email? Um, it, I, this, you're going to hear this, I said this earlier, and I'm going to say it again. It's about solving somebody's problem, right? Yeah. When you go, to, I call it the Google machine. You go to the Google machine and say, how do I lose 10 pounds in the next month, right? You're going to get a million answers, but that is something, something to, it's a value if someone finds that answer, right? I, I my reunion's coming up in three weeks and to fit into this, my dress from high school, right? Like, first of all, good luck. But <laughs> second of all, you, that's something they'd be willing to put money down on, right? And, but you're gonna give it to them for free to get them into your audience. So it can't just be something, you know, I see a lot of people and this is, um, in the sort of like heart-centered business place who have so much value to offer, but they talk about what they do in this way that isn't necessarily appealing. Like they may be something I need, but you're not giving it to me in a way that I want it. I don't, it doesn't, I'm not, not attracted to that. So you may want to help them heal and be a better person and you know all these great things but what's the one thing you can help them with right now that they could you know consume a short pdf or a checklist or whatnot what is that problem what am i going to go looking for if it's not a problem and i'm looking for then chances are i'm not going to give you my email address to get a free thing to be on your email list because people don't want to they don't need more email they need solutions mm. so with the with the anything that's you're going to give away for free it, it is about solving a problem in a short um cons uh, uh Digestible, excuse me, that's what I want, in a short, digestible way, right? Because you want them to read it and use it and take action. You don't want to give them a 500-page PDF that you know they're never going to read or they'll download and get to it later. Well, that doesn't help them, and it also doesn't um, work with the connection that you're trying to make with them. They don't read it. They don't know anything more about the way you work or what you do or how you can help if it's just sitting on the hard drive. So, you know, mm -hmm. don't use stuff that you just have sitting around that you made for something. Oh, I'll just throw this up there. Mm -mm. So, you know, what do you, the people who have this problem, what can you help them do or what would be valuable to them? Like, like it's a checklist for tools they need. Is it, um, you know, five steps to getting something accomplished? Um, 
Is it, you know, and a lot of times and make the problem specific, right? Like nobody, I say this to my, um, the people I teach that nobody wants to be healthy, right? I mean, yes, in some form, we all want to be healthy, but healthy is not something I'm going to wake up every day and be like, oh, I want to be healthy, right? But I want to be able to have energy to play with my kids um, all day long. That's something I want to know how to do because right now I don't feel good. Now, the answer is really they need to get healthy, but you're coming on it from the there's an issue that they they get really tired in the afternoon. Their kids are outrunning them, those kinds of things. That's a problem you can help somebody solve by, you know, whatever those five steps need. It's not eating sugar and, you know, getting more active and, you know, cutting out a little calories every day, like whatever those things are. So mm-hmm. come at it from the problem. I and mean, when you go to, you know, landing pages are the same thing. Like if you set up and I always tell people that you really should um, if you've got something like you're giving away like this, it's great to put it on your website, but if you're going to promote it in any fashion, um, like on social media, have a dedicated page to it, have a landing page you mentioned, because what that does is, is that that is the only choice somebody can make people are like, Oh no, but I want them to go to my website and check out everything. No, you don't want to confuse them. You want them to be single-minded of, they need the answer to this one problem. And so they're going to give you the email address that you're going to give them the thing they need. And then now you can talk to them for the rest of their lives until they unsubscribe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, so I think that's super important too, is to have a dedicated page for it. And if you give out multiple things, you know, use um, software like lead pages, or a lot of times if you use um, an email software provider, like ConvertKit, they or MailChimp even, you can set up landing pages for that. So you can funnel people in, spend the $15 to create a URL that's just going to go to this page that makes sense mm-hmm. uh, for people so that you, you know, take it one priority at a time. They can't be your customer until they get to know you. And the way they get to know you is to get on that email list. So be, um, be laser focused in that getting, just get them in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's such great advice. I mean, especially with kind of the, the copy and, and you're kind of talking about some of those benefits. I often find, I mean, I've been studying, you know, copywriting and stuff for a while now and, I find that a lot of people are typically kind of like one step away from what they kind of like what you said, like one step away from what they actually should be writing. Right. It's like Mm -hmm. and and the way I like to think about it is just ask why. Right. If someone's saying, you know, I will help you get healthy. Why do they want to be healthy? Well, like you said, they want to be healthy so they can have more energy to play with their kids or so they could fit into their genes or whatever, whatever. Um, yeah. so, the, the so that you can factor. Oh, sorry. The it, so that exactly. you can factor is what you said is a, right on the nail on the head. Yes. Yeah, so that you can. That's why Z. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, Rob, now that people kind of they've they've thought of maybe, you know, uh, an enticing giveaway to get people their email list, they've set up a, a landing page kind of focused on one thing. How do you recommend that people send traffic to, you know, the landing pages, the websites? What are the strategies that you like to use or recommend? Um, you know, a great way to do those kinds of things is one, you know, use your social media, right? Use every um, contact, you know, use all the platforms that you can to put enticing things. Um, also put it, I tell people, put it in your bio, right? If you go to my bio on LinkedIn, Instagram, you know, my business Facebook page, the link to um, something I give away is in, is front and center. It's not buried somebody doesn't have to look for it because that's more important, I think, than going to my website and reading a bunch of stuff. Um, use your email signature. Like that is crucial. It's easy to do so that every time you send out an email at the bottom, there's an option to sign up for this this thing because 
A, you get people you know, but also if somebody forwards your email to you, then that's on there as well. So those are two really easy ways to do it. You can go to the avenue of um, sending, you know, using paid ads, but a lot of times if you're just starting out, that can be really challenging to do. And it, it's, you're, you know, you're going to end spending a, a lot of money quickly to try to get people that are kind of sort of interested mm -hmm. so I, I mean i i dabble in ads just for fun once in a while just 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 to remind myself that that facebook ads are not my strong point which is why <laughs> i don't teach it so <laughs> but i yeah. like the challenge of just getting in and playing um so those are two great ways but also you know also to ask people um every time you go to any event or you're on a zoom call and you're talking with somebody saying hey i have this great newsletter or this you know i send two emails a month um would you like to be on it so get people's permission right you want to make sure you're building this in a healthy fashion i mean there are laws in the united states and you know every other country now about the way you can email people and you have to have their permission so um, especially like in Europe, they have the GDPR law. So you really need to be careful about just not sticking people on your email list just because they gave you a business card. That is not permission to email them. <laughs> um, so, you know, make sure you get permission to do it. So, uh, but in person, um, you know, like I say, social media is great, but also, you know, when you do anything and do any kind of appearance, if you're talking on someone's platform or you're even doing a podcast, like ask if it's okay. Say, hey, I have this great thing I'd like to give away. Um, is that okay if I do that? At the end and you know most time people will say sure um because you're not selling anything you're just offering something so mm -hmm. we as solopreneurs and sometimes if you're not used to selling things you get a little awkward and uncomfortable you're like i'm gonna ask people to do this thing and i don't know it's like you're not even asking them to give you a dollar all you're doing mm -hmm. is asking them to go to this page and they can still go to the page and they'll sign up but get in the habit of asking people um make that a ha and you know also too if you're just starting out ask your family and friends, ask people you know to get on the list. In the beginning, they might not turn into your customers, but they may start thinking of people that they can then send it to or say, hey, you know what? My friend Bob really should be on this email list. I'm gonna make sure I get him to sign up. So use them as a tool in the beginning too to get people mm -hmm. on that list. It, it can also be great for feedback from what I've found is, you know, I have a lot of uh, good friends on my email list. And uh, I mean, one in particular, we're on each other's email lists and we help each other, you know, almost every newsletter that comes out, we, you know, give quick feedback. Hey, you know, really like this, maybe do more of this, some of that, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so the feedback, especially yeah. when you're, when you're early on can be super helpful. And so Rob, to yeah. kind of finish up the, the, the whole email circle here in terms of content itself, do you, do you do drip? Like, do you drip to, to people who sign up like multiple emails or, or do you just do more kind of like the newsletter format and, and what do you recommend? Like maybe two or three tips to writing good emails, whether it's, you know, kind of drip campaigns or, or newsletters. Sure. Um, you know, I would say if you're using, if you're using any kind of software platform, like, you know, MailChimp or ConvertKit, and you can set up an automated sequence for when people sign up, I think that's great. Um, because these people, you know, may not know you, they sign up and they got this free thing, but they don't really know much about you yet. So I always suggest people do like a five day sequence. If they can do it automatically, that's great. That goes out like one day at a time, but it just has short bits and things about you. Like the first one could be like, Hey, you know what? I, we just met and here's five things you probably didn't know about me that are fun. Um, you know, like mine says, I talk about like baking cookies and cake decorating in mine because <laughs> it's on the other side of me. Um, 
and I've lived in New York for 25 years. Like that's something you would never be able to just figure out about me. So I keep it light, but I always ask a question at the end too. Like I try to get something to be like, to, to get them to tell me about something, to get them to interact. Because in the very beginning, when they're new, you want to make sure that you, you know, if they're opening them, you want to get some reaction. And again, like you said, feedback, like I'm liking this, I'm not liking this, but you want to, to know that they're reading it and interacting with you. So ask a little question at the end. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of a, and you can also, if you give them lead magnet too, like day two can be, hey, you know, here's some tips I pulled out of this thing that you may or may not have even read yet and point them out. And if you didn't download it, here's your next chance. Um, you could also ask a question about what's a big problem they're having. Um, you know, email me back and I will, um, I'll give you my best tips. I always follow up with another small giveaway too that co that goes with um, the first thing to say, here's another resource that you might need to go along with questions you're having about how to do, you know, X, Y, Z. So I really sort of bang it out with the whole thing. But then after that, um, I usually email right now, I'm doing uh, twice a month and I alternate those between um, an email that is um, resources. Um, so, you know, whether that be books or podcasts or tools or things I've discovered that I'm using. Um, and then the second one is kind of like a behind the scenes or a teaching. So some experience I had, um, something I learned and then say, hey, you know, do you have questions about this or have you experienced something that's similar to this? I'd love to hear about it. Like, let's let's talk about this. So it gives them a chance to know that I'm not just talking at them. I want to engage with them and um, and learn more about them while they're learning more about me. So mm -hmm. but you can also do lots of easy things like. I follow one coach who she sends out an email every like Tuesday, she calls it Tuesday tips. And it's got like, she has like three lines of copy and then like a quote that's hers, like, like that talks about a problem that she made like a graphic of. And then she's like, okay, you know, how are you, have you had experienced this problem? Are you having this? What do you think about this? Does this irritate you? Whatever. So it gets people to sort of respond to her. And that email probably took her 10 minutes to write. It's not a lot of copy. So don't get bogged down in the fact that I'm sending emails. Oh my gosh, it has to be perfect. Just have a conversation with people. Better that you show up consistently with valuable content. And if consistent is only once a month, if that's all you can handle right now, that is way better than showing up every six months. Because then people don't know who are you? I mean, I don't know about you, Josh, but I get dozens of emails every day because I'm always studying other people's copy. So I like to see what they're doing as well as, you know, I might want to buy their thing, but I'm looking at their titles. I'm looking at, you know, there's uh, the, how they kick it off, how they wrap it up. What are they asking for? Um, mm -hmm. So uh, study your own email box too. Um, I have a great friend who says shop in your own closet. Mm -hmm. uh, so shop in your own inbox for ideas about things you can write to people, but keep it consistent. And again, if that's only all you can handle is once a month, do that. If you can do it twice a month, great, but put it on your calendar and stick to it so that people become used to hearing from you, right? You, you want to be a valuable resource for them, not just, you know, some irritating thing. Like you email people every week and you have you're a resource for people. People know that email is coming on Monday and mm -hmm. that there's going to be stuff in it there that they want to read. So that's what I really love when people do that is consistency and be a resource for people so that they're getting stuff from you. Yeah, it's so important. I mean, and it comes back to just providing value, right? If, if you provide value, then things will, will hopefully go well. And the other thing is, you know, if you are consistent, the people who don't want what you're giving will unsubscribe and that's fine, right? We're all gonna have people who unsubscribe and that's totally okay, yes. but you're, you know, you're better yep. off just sticking with your schedule. The people who like your content and that schedule will stay on and the people who don't will click two buttons and 
they'll be gone forever. And they're gone. Well, right. not for, maybe. And not you get forever. plenty of people who would take your free gift. They'll take your free gift and run. Right. The second you send them a second email, they're out. Yeah. And that's okay. Don't take it personally. You know, you help somebody do one thing. Great. Send it out into the world. Um, it's all good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rob, I wanted to ask one last, well, two more, two quite, or one more question before we get to kind of the plugs and, and resources is if you had, you know, if you could tell one or two pieces of advice to someone who's out there, maybe they're working a nine to five and they have an itch to do something right in business, start a business, start a company, create a new product service, uh, but they're feeling stuck, they're feeling lost, they're feeling confused. What are one or two pieces of advice you would give to them? Um, I would say, first off, find a community of people. Uh, being a solopreneur is one of the loneliest jobs in the world. If you're, especially now where a lot of, so many of us are home all the time. I mean, going to the grocery store is exciting for me right now because <laughs> that's about the only place I have to go. So find a community that's online of people you can talk to and not just, and you know, like things like Facebook groups are great, LinkedIn groups are great, but find people where there's, there's active conversations that you can participate in and ask questions because uh, you, there's no way to know it all. Even after you've been running a business for years, you're always constantly learning. Mm -hmm. So get into a group of like-minded people. And especially now with meetups and things, there's so much that's happening online that you can schedule or even listen to later, but get involved. So you have people to talk to because your friends and your family have no idea what you're doing. I, no matter how much you explain it, I'm sure you still get blank looks and they're like, yeah, that's nice. Great. So anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, um, so find a community. Um, and I, but I would also say to don't just do it for the money. It, I mean, sometimes people start businesses because they need extra money and they want to turn it into their thing, but that can't be your primary reason for doing it because you know, when it's two in the morning and you're filling an order, if you have like a physical product and you have to go to work the next day at eight um, and you're, or you, you know, you need to, you're blogging, you need to put a blog post out and you're, and you're, you've run up against out of time and you're upset and it's, it's frustrating and stuff. Thinking about the money you're going to make, isn't going to help you through that. But so having a strong, why, why do you want to start a business? What is it that you want to do in the world? What, what do you want to help? That why is what's going to keep you going and get you through those 2 a.m. mornings when everything looks like it sucks. So, yeah. So find a community and have a really strong why about why you want to do this in the first place. Because it, it can't just be about money. It, money is an important part of it, but that can't be your only reason for doing it. Mm -hmm. That's so important. Uh, great takeaways, Rob. This has been extremely, extremely helpful and informative. If people want to find out more about you, join your email list, maybe you know, get some of your content, where do you recommend that they go? Sure. Um, well, if you want to learn more about writing nurture emails, you're getting people on your list and you don't know what to do with them afterwards, um, you can go to uh, nurture email templates. Dot com. That's nurture email templates. Um, and you get the my five templates that you can use to start to help you write. Some of them are just plug and play. You can just plug things in. Others are more complicated, but to get you writing emails and getting them out the door in a lot uh, less time. Um, you can also find me on my website. It's just rob48.com. Um, I also hang out on, if you go to my website, you can find my links to Instagram and uh, LinkedIn as well too from there. Those are places I hang out. Awesome. And we're going to link to all those in the description, either on YouTube if you're watching or on the podcast platform of your choice if you're listening. Rob, thanks again for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. Josh, thanks so much for having me. This was a lot of fun.